And welcome to a Beer Vana Pod Extra, coming to you almost live on X-Ray FM here in Portland, Oregon, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Patrick. We are broadcasting, podcasting from Steeplejack Brewing. I think that's the name. Correct. C- certainly Steeplejack is part of the name. Brewing or beer company or one of those things. Right. Uh, in Northeast Portland. Indeed. One of the, it's one of the, the newer Portland breweries, so it's a COVID opening. And it's a pretty spectacular setting. They took over an old church, beautifully restored it, put in a bar. We are sitting in what was formerly the sanctuary, uh, and it has a very ecclesiastical feel. It's got these... In fact, you're probably sitting in one of the old pews, or if not, yeah, something totally. similar. Yeah, 100% <laughs> the old pews. And, and it's got uh, gorgeous rafters. This must be like a late 19th century building. It has a kind of Victorian feel about it. Yeah, I'm not sure... I'm no good at architecture, so I don't know what you call these, like flying buttresses sort of things, but it's very cool. But we came here searching for Cascade. That's right. So for this plot extra, we're going to go on a quick uh, Cascade tour of Portland, Oregon. Well, maybe not so quick. Well, yeah. We're going to do a... a, It's one day. Yeah, a a four-stop, I think. Do we have four stops planned? Four-stop tour of Portland, Oregon brewery or tap room or brew pub or whatever that uh, that offer cask ale. And we're here and because Portland, Oregon now has some cask ale, which is insane. We can actually go to four places. Yeah, which is kind of sad that it's taken so long. But nevertheless, here we are. So Steeplejack's the first stop, and we're going to head down to Upright Brewing. That's right. And then over to Away Days, and then finally end up at Forlam Brewing, uh, who have a, who are from McMinnville, but have a tap room in Portland. So, Steeplejack has both a mild, a dark mild on cask and an ESB, and so we have one of each. Yeah, and uh, they have a proper cask engine. It does seem like they pour a little cold, but uh, we're pretty cool with that. It doesn't take long for them to uh, to warm up. Lost my, lost, lost my train of thought. But. Sorry, I'm, I'm quickly trying to look at the name of the two women brewers who are here, which is uh, one of the cool things. This is oh, a, excellent. Yeah, it's a brewery. Uh, I think Anna Veals is one of is one of the brewers, and I can't remember the other brewer's name. Uh, well, the brewery is really beautiful and quite cute. It's right here in the middle of everything, uh, open to the, the congregation. Yeah, there's a stained glass window, and it's right underneath the stained glass window. So I imagine that when you come to work to the brew day... Uh, it's kind of you a and the beer are experience. being blessed. That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, what do you think of the, the Scascale? Uh, I think it's quite good. So, I've got the mild, and it is a incredibly aromatic beer. It's yeah, got, I find the mild more expressive. Yeah, it's got a ton of uh, uh, malt character in the nose. So, I'm getting bread and nuts and uh, a roasty kind of note. Yep. The roasty note is, I think. Obviously, comes from roast malt, but it's mostly to throw color. It's not a very roasty. It's more of a full malty experience. Yeah, you get a little bit of roast on the nose, but it's very subtle on the mouth. But I agree, it's exactly what you're looking for in a mild. All that great malt character, that great malt flavor, is shining through and delightfully quaffable beer. Yeah, it's really well done. I think people who don't like milds or don't think they like milds would probably like this because it's so full flavored and nice. Yeah. I'm going to steal it from you. And, they, and, and credit to the brewery. They, they came out, they have two cask engines, as I mentioned, and they came out of the gate wanting to have cask ales. Uh, and I'm always you know, anxious that it's not going to pan out because 
despite their efforts, people aren't going to buy them. Yeah. They've had that mild on regularly for months, so I think people are buying it. And, and the bitter is, uh, I haven't seen the bitter on tap before, so that's going to go. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the bitter? Uh, I haven't had as much of the bitter as you have, so you, you, you talk about it. And yeah. Well, it's got a, it's got a, a kind of a piney nose, which is the, the main thing that I've noticed. Uh, yeah, I will admit to being um, slightly uh, olfactory impaired, as I've that's right on that on the recovery from my COVID case. Uh, but uh, so this could be par- partly due to that. But I find it a little subdued, uh, a little too subdued. I like a little bit more aroma and slightly more hot characteristic coming through. But that said, it's very clean. Recipes. Uh, it's got a great uh, base. Yeah, the, uh, we we were noticing that they're poured pretty cold, and the, that's another issue. Yeah. Yeah, the ESB's malt base was not present as much when I first tried this, and now you've drunk. It is coming through. Yeah, half the pint. Now it's it's really coming through. You can really taste those English base malts. I mean, I I haven't looked at the recipe, but they really just they taste 100 percent like English base malt. So I'd be shocked if they were not. So I I think it's pretty toothsome. I I think the Popping level is fine. You are an American and you're trying to prep this with your over the top hopping <laughs> preferences, but uh, I think it's very nice. <laughs> well, it could again be my, my dulled senses, but. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that those are American hops, which is a. Yeah, maybe that's the issue. I can taste them now, actually more than I could before. It's warming up, so yeah. it's starting to express itself much more than before. I think my, that might have been the biggest issue to start with. Which I think they keep, they, it seems like they keep their casks in the cooler. Uh, and so, my advice is to let them sit. Warm up. That's right. And breathe. So, this is the first of four stops, and uh, if you ever come to Portland and you're a cask man, you can actually do what we're going to do, which is uh, start out at one of these probably doesn't matter which one you start out with, but we're a mile away from Upright. We'll walk to Upright, and we'll take the train, uh, the Tram, Portland, streetcar. Portland, yeah, Portland streetcar down to uh, Away Days, yep. near Away Days, and we'll walk to Away Days, and then from there we can walk to Foreland. So, it's another mile. Another uh, mile. Yeah, so if you're a tourist and you just want to have a, a walkabout and a bunch of casks, this yeah. is the, 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 the tour to take. <laughs> and by the way, as you do, you're going to pass about eight other places you could potentially stop at as well. Yeah, so. that is true. There's a million breweries. We were in the densest part of the, the breweries. <laughs> you're really uh, spoiled. Uh, you really don't have to get in a car or on a train or anything. You just keep walking from, from brewery to brewery and you'll, you'll be happy all day. It's true. All right. We will see you at the next stop. Yep. All right. And welcome back to step two or stage two. Stop our, two. Stop two in our great... Uh, Cask Ale uh, uh, Odyssey in Portland, Oregon. So now we're at, at uh, Upright Brewing here at the Left Bank Building. Um, and we have the Best Bitter and the Oyster Stout. Yeah, and we have to say that nobody's doing, no one is more committed to Cask Ale in Portland, Oregon right now than Upright. Yeah. Uh, and they're, in fact, so committed that Alex Ganoon, the owner, is going to open up a separate pub at some point. Uh, hasn't done yet. Uh, which is really going to focus on Cascale. So, outstanding. Uh, cask fans, this is the, the Citadel. Yeah, but already, I mean, think about the difference between now and a couple years ago where finding engines on, in Portland was impossible. So, there, yeah. were, there were two at, uh, at uh, Steeplejack, and there's and they were two both here. At two, and not only two 
two engines, but two Cascales. So yes. they were pouring, which is great. Two Cascales pouring here on the yep. two engines. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're really starting to see a little bit of a change happen. And I think probably in both cases, their beers are designed to be, uh, you know, from, from, from inception to be served on cast. So that's right. That's, that's a huge improvement as well. It's not just some, one of their beers thrown onto a under a cask engine. Yeah, we have. We, we don't. We're not going to make it to the shoots this time around. And they've always been I was great about to say. <laughs> uh, And they they were having to do that to sell it. But I'm wondering if this interest has yeah has given some juice to to uh, uh, the shoots, and maybe they're able to put Bachelor Bitter and Maripond, so. which basically no beer, no American beer is as good on cask as Maripond. It's exceptional. Yeah. So by the way, since we always talk about the weather, we should talk about the weather here because we had this. Uh, unexpected, at least to me, unexpected uh, break in the weather, and it's sunny and quite nice outside, although a little bit chilly. But uh, but the sun is bright, and oh, and we're posting to Instagram. That's right. Not that you, not that this is going to be any. Uh, so use by the time now. you hear this, there'll be all kinds of wonderful Instagram pictures because we're all about the Instagram. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and by all about, we mean once every three years. It means I suddenly remember we had an Instagram at uh, Steeplejack and thought, oh, finally, we can actually post. And now we're rocking so we it. By the way, you wanted to make a correction about uh, the ESB at Steeplejack. Yes, I confidently announced that it was made with uh, British hops, which I will, I will confidently state they tasted like. And then we did do a little research and discovered that they're made with Skatcha Valley malts. So uh, incredible... British character out of those malts, very uh, round and bready and lush and delightful and not British. So there you go. That's great. Um, and, and if you check out the pod and uh, or the the blog and Google Skagit Valley, you can see a post I did when I toured that group, that uh, malt house last right. year. So, yeah, excellent. So I have the best bitter. Yeah, uh, the best bitter has Halcyon and Maris Otter malts. The best bitter is lovely to look at. It is. Uh, what color would you call this sort of honey straw? Honey, yeah, honey. yeah, honey yeah, it colored looks like a glass of honey. Uh, it looks like a it looks like a spring beer, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It looks it's lush coming out of the beer engine. Uh, has a wonderful aroma. Yeah, it smells like Britain. Huh? It smells like Britain. We both smelled it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah this really smells <laughs> we're like. We're very excited before I even <laughs> took a sip. Yeah, to take a sip of this, uh, and um, we were both commenting that the. The hot note was sort of halfway between Britain and Oregon, and, and, that, and that makes sense because yeah, it's got Sonnet and, and uh, Willamette hops, and Willamettes are basically fuggles. fuggles so that yeah. makes sense, but about but Sonnet, Sonnet, we don't know. Yeah, well, it sounds hell? very British. Yeah, what the hell is Sonnet? <laughs> I don't know. I've never so heard it's heard of the Sonnet. Bard's hop. Yeah, uh, the tasting notes here say uh, notes of honeysuckle and earth. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I get a I get a berry note out of it. It's, uh, it's got a nice. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's lovely. Absolutely, it's, it's delightful. It's 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 a really good example of how the Brits get a lot of uh, oomph out of a little presentation of hops. So yeah. there's a lot of hop character, and it's not very intense, but you get it's very bright and just yeah. it's, it's shining. It's a lovely hop, and uh, and and the malts are lovely, and it's four point two percent. So yeah, it's a very sessionable beer, and yeah, perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah, Alex, Alex Ganoom, the owner here, uh, is doing great work in, in, in evoking the British thing. And, I, and my uh, oyster stout, which Patrick poo-pooed until he learned that this actually was from Britain, uh, 
Uh, and then all of a sudden, he, he perked up and thought it must be all right. Pa- pa- Patrick finds the idea of putting oysters or oyster brine in beer kind of ter- terrible. <laughs> in concept. In concept, it seems terrible to me. Uh, I agree that you can't, you're not, uh, not really tasting the oysters in the beer. So, but tell us about Oyster Stout. Yeah, well, uh, some, some breweries now just put the shells in or sometimes the brine only. Uh, I, I I once went to a brew uh, ten years ago. We actually looked at the eleven years ago. We looked at uh, my some of my old archives. Um, I watched Alex brew. I think a stronger version of this when he was bottling it. Um, and he puts he put the, the full oysters in there. We shucked them. We drank scotch, and then we put the beer in. And we put the oysters into the beer, uh, into the boil. So they they got good and boiled. Uh, plus plus twelve pounds, I think. Wow. Which is weird. Uh, uh, it was twelve pounds of oysters and like a, and a bucket of brine. Um, yeah. So the thing is, you don't really t- they don't taste fishy. That, no. the, the goal is not to be fishy; it's to pick up a little bit of salinity and right. maybe. Um, I think you get a, a, a touch of mouthfeel, like a, a, mm. a maybe a fuller mouthfeel. Those those uh, proteins, maybe. Right, from I the, can see that. I yeah. don't know something. Um, but this is a very roasty beer. It's very full flavored for a four point three percent oyster stout. Mm. Um, Quite a quite a robust presentation, and you say it dates back to Victorian England. Yeah, and why? So why did they do this to begin with? I think, uh, if memory serves, and this is in the beer bible, so we can all go race to our beer bibles. And <laughs> yeah, figure if out you don't have one, go buy one. That's right, at your local independent bookstore. There was a period uh, porters and stouts um, had a very long run in Britain, and there was a period of time when we got into the nutritional stouts. Ah, phase. right. And people were putting uh, lactose and, and oatmeal, right. and right. at no. some point. I think people recognized that uh, one of the ways that people drank stouts in London commonly was with oysters, and so they thought, let's cut out the middleman, let's throw the oysters straight in the stout. Is it, aren't oysters supposed to have like some kind of aphrodisiac quality or something like that? So maybe that was. <laughs> I will make no jokes right now about uh, that. So <laughs> if this was the fourth stop, it would. I probably would have said something I shouldn't have. Well, you know, it's like uh, it's like milk stout or oatmeal stout. You got your sort of Viagra stout, sort of, <laughs> right, <laughs> or something. I don't know. Who knows? Yes. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you at our next stop. Welcome back to the Veer Vana podcast. We are at stop three on our cask ale, our mini cask ale tour of. Eastside Portland. Gorgeous. Inner Eastside Portland. (laughs) We were discussing on our, uh, to get from the last stop, which is Upright Brewing, we're now at Away Days Brewing, uh, which is on Hawthorne in Portland, or just off Hawthorne in Portland. So to get here, we took the streetcar, which was quite easy and convenient, but we do have to walk through some urban... yeah, it's it's the it's the very neat near east uh, inner inner Portland, and it's it's pretty gritty. Urban grit, yeah, that's yeah, a, that's it's a good. A, one. <laughs> it's it's gritty. So but. if you do this uh, to same tour, which I re- highly recommend, uh, you'll get to see Portland at its least Portlandia and its most uh, authentic. <laughs> that's right. Thank you. <laughs> Portland is a blue collar town through and through. Always was. Always will be. Damn it. That's right. And if you don't believe it, you can do this tour. Uh, Jeff and I were reminiscing because we first uh, arrived here full time, both of us, to go to school in 1986 when it was very much a timber town, a blue collar working class timber town so there are still remnants of that town that exist even post you know uh, New York Times uh, 
uh, hype. And many people are complaining that Portland's not, this is not the same Portland. It's, it's lost its edge. And for those of us who lived here through some different times, we, we recognize the grit is back. So this yeah, is, the edge not, is there. <laughs> it, this is not like it's uh, what hasn't been here before. So anyway, we are at Way Days Brewing. But in those old, old desperate days, we didn't have Cascade like oh, we that's did today. True. So another score, two cask engines, both full of cask beer. So that's three breweries, six cask engines for those of you scoring at home. Yes, indeed. Uh, which is about five more than used to exist in Portland. So there you go. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Anyway, Away Days Brewing is associated, is attached to the Toffee Club, which is a traditional English pub that's been on Hawthorne for a while. It had a little hiatus, I guess we would say, but yeah, has been thought, reincarnated. We thought it had closed. For Actually, time. not reincarnated. It's been reborn. Yeah. As the same thing as it was before. Uh, COVID was not kind to the Yeah, the, uh, the owner is the same for both Away Days Brewing and Toffee Club, and as I understand, uh, an Englishman, a scouser, I think, from Liverpool, which is, explains the Toffee Club part. Toffees are Everton Football Club. And if you're a supporter of Everton Football Club, you really ought to come up with some other hobby in life because Everton, Everton are shit. And, it's Everton no good. And following Everton has got to be one of the most miserable experiences. Anyway, is it, is it like being a, a, a Chicago Bear, a Chicago Bears fan, or a, yeah, recently probably something similar? Yeah, maybe, maybe they find yeah. they find new and inventive ways to Cleveland lose. To lose and, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, all that said, we had away days, and um, they have one of the most extraordinary milds on. Yeah, we were blown away by this mile. This is yeah the best mile I've had in probably since outside of England. Yeah, this is really really good. I. I had one really good mile uh, at some point that I can't remember. Oh, uh, I had a great mile in New York. Knocked me out. But this is uh, perhaps it's superior. This is a really, really good mile. It's a classic mile. Uh, yeah, it's excellent. Thank you. And good service, as you can hear. Absolutely. Uh, this is all malt. It's, it's just it's, they're not they're not doing anything. They're not trying to gussy this thing out. They're just they're they they were given their brief and they said we'll knock it out of the park. And here they here they have done it. It's velvety. It's smooth. It's drinkable. It expresses tons of lovely malt character. Yeah, the malts are just bready, biscuity malt. It's, it's lovely. There's a little bit of food in there. There's a little bit of chocolate in there. It's yeah. just like you, you can keep looking and looking and looking. It looks a treat, too. It's a lovely color. The interesting thing is the other beer is the first kind of like non-classic English style we've had. So this one is all about yeah. malt. The other one's all about hops. Yes, the other one is the uh, home and away. They're kind of... I don't know, maybe their flagship because they're Portland. they got to have an IPA. Right. So it's their IPA. It's, uh, it's dry hopped with Citra in the cask apparently and uh, it is also extraordinary it's a it's a pretty big beer for a cask beer it's 6.2% but it's um, also presents super smooth uh, very aromatic not uh, not bracingly bitter at all just very uh, very lush hop infused very modern uh, all the hops are late edition and it's a very if you if you're yeah. If anybody ever wanted to understand what citrus tasted like, this is what citrus tastes like. It's like boom, citrus. Yeah. We, we both, we both guessed immediately it was citrus. Interesting because it's not something you'd, you'd ordinarily associate with cast presentation, but the way they've done it is wonderful. It's really nice. And, the, and a nice thing about this, I mean, 
my experiences don't always work, but uh, here the, the malt is very soft, and it just sort of, yeah. it, it creates loads of, of sweetness and softness that, that go around this lemony citra in a really, really nice way. So I agree. You could, I, I think, I don't think you'd have to be a cask fan. Yeah. You can hand this to anybody and not even tell them it's cask. They try this and they would throw that beer. It's also pet. Sort of on the pale side, slightly hazy, honey-colored IPA. It's lovely, yeah. Yeah, it looks, it looks and tastes like what people expect, but probably slightly unusual because they might not know what cask would do, but right. you know what cask is. It's really well done. Yeah. Oh, wait, is, uh, for those who have been following, was a champion of these styles of beer. But uh, early on, the cask is pretty hard to make. Uh, it's, a, it's a delicate process, yeah. and you have to you have to carry it through not from just the brewing, not just through the conditioning, but through the cellar. And I felt like early away days were promising, but not quite there. Man, they're here. Yeah. They've served notice. I, I would say so far. This is, these are the cast to be. Yes, I agree. I agree. Presented, by the way, uh, warmer, still not quite what you'd get in England. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but not too cold. I think they. I think things have gotten warmer each time, which is good. So cask beer should be should be presented on the warm side because it really we're talking about subtle flavors in and aromas that really present themselves when the beer warms up. So that's right, and it works very well with the smiles. Yeah. So kudos to Away Days. It's uh, excellent. <laughs> and by the way, you can order food from the Toffee Club, which is traditional English pub fare. So things like, I think, shepherd's pie and, and fish and chips. And, and I think it's the only Scotch place egg. In, the, in, in Portland to get a, a full English. Is that right? Maybe? Uh, I mean, you can't get it. I wouldn't say it's the only place, but certainly they offer the full English at the Toffee Club if you show up in the mornings or early afternoons on a weekend. Yes. And it is authentic. <laughs> it is the, the place to come. So I would, I would, I'm, I'm confident to say that if you want the full English, you come here. All right. Now we're at our last stop in our great uh, beer on a pod cask ale tour of East Portland. Indeed. <laughs> at the uh, Foreland Outpost in Portland at Belmont in 2014. 8th, 6th, something like that. Yeah, maybe 25th. Yeah. So uh, they have on tap a dark mild called Wooden Castle, 3.5% mild, and the King's Arrow London Porter, 5.8% porter. Oh, it's a boozer. It's a pretty boozy porter, yeah. Wow. So what do you think? Uh, so it's interesting. As we came out uh, talking to the barman and mentioned that we'd just done this tour and that this was the third mild we've encountered in three, in four stops. It is pretty remarkable. Which is three three cast miles in Portland, Oregon. is really something you wouldn't have seen even two years ago. It's kind of mind-boggling. But we just had the most tremendous mild in our lives. And so we told him that, and he still said, bring it on. Uh, but I have to say... Uh, Away days for the win. Away days for the win on the mild. But this is also another excellent example of the style. It's true, and it is cool in that all four, all three of the milds were, were substantially different. The first one was uh, more roasty. The second one was all, uh, you know, bready. Biscuity, bready, yeah. yeah. And then this one is more more berry-like, more uh, uh, kind of sweeter, some cola notes. What are, you, what are your observations? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, 
I think that's good. It, it does have a little bit of roast on the nose. Uh-huh. Yep, for sure. And the porter is... Well, it's a proper porter, which you don't actually see in, in America anymore. Uh, you know, you know, a mid a mid fives porter, which when Patrick and I started drinking beers, you would have literally found in every pub in America. It's true. Uh, that served craft beer. Uh, Back in the Stone Age, that was true. <laughs> but now you can't find them to save your life, and it's it's quite nice to encounter one. And uh, I've only had one sip. I'm gonna try another. There you go. What happens with the cast presentation is it. It softens uh, the roastiness, makes it a little bit rounder, a little fluffier, uh, yeah. a little bit more gentle, which is kind of classic cask, and, and I'm getting all of that here. It's a really uh, uh, sessionable porter, and, which is exactly what you expect from cask ale, and you could drink this all night long. Yeah, yeah, it's got a nice, a very nice roast note on the nose and on the tongue, yep. but it's, uh, it's very soft and... Typical Cascale presentation. I, I really like it. Yeah. So this was incredibly fun, and uh, as we mentioned the last time, we recommend you do it if you come to Portland. You're a Cask fan. It's it's a cool thing to do. On the other hand, you ha- you do have to be aware that you, you you go through some of the grittiest territory you're going to see in Portland, Oregon. So if you do the walking, if you maybe maybe better to lift it or something, you know, Uber it because uh, it's uh, nothing too bad on it, on a global scale. On a global scale, it's nothing too bad. But it's not Calcutta. It's, it's not hey Sao now. Paulo. Hey, now. <laughs> My friends in Calcutta uh, just chafed at that. But, um, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's some grit. So uh, you, do, you do get to see Portland at its grittiest, which is kind of cool. I mean, it may dispel some of your ideas about what Portland is. Yeah. Uh, well, kudos to all those who are dedicated to cask. I'm yeah. glad to see it expanding uh, in Portland, I mean, this is actually a watershed experience. We we have so long tried to find Cascale in Portland, Oregon, and periodically people would install an engine, and you would go to the pub, and it was you know good luck if they actually yeah maybe there was a beer on, maybe there wasn't, maybe it was a beer that was designed to be on, probably not. <laughs> but but to go to four pubs and have four cask uh, two cask engines at each pub. All serving cask beer, yeah. uh, all proper cask ale yep. is pretty remarkable. Uh, so something something's happening in Portland, Oregon. This is this is the one thing we thought may never happen here. Yeah, so, There's the one big uh, missing piece yeah. in the Portland beer scene. Yeah. So now you can get lagers. we're filling in, baby. You can get lagers, you can get cask ale, you can get IPAs, you can get sour ales, you can get wild ales, you can get everything here. We've finally done it. <laughs> all right. Well, this has been really fun, Jeff. Cheers, Patrick. Cheers. Cheers.